the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? I'm redeemed. But really what we're also saying when we talk about our redemption in Christ or that I'm redeemed by Christ or that Jesus Christ is my redeemer, we're also admitting and confessing, I got myself in such a bad jam, I couldn't get myself out of it. And I needed a kinsman redeemer to bail me out to get me out of the, the thing that I got myself stuck in because I couldn't get out of it. Have you ever had a hard time admitting that you were wrong or needed help? When it comes to our salvation, that is one of the first things that we must come to terms with. We realize that because of our sin, we had gotten ourselves in such a bad spot that we couldn't get ourselves out of it. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing what it means to be redeemed by Jesus Christ. Thankfully, Jesus was willing to take on the penalty for our sin and pay the price that we couldn't because he loves us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Revelation chapter 5 this morning. We're also going to look briefly at Joshua chapter 6. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? to open the scroll and to loose its seals. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. And so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he came, and he took the scroll, out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy 
to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, in case you're trying to do the math there, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Well, chapter five continues the description of heaven that began last week in chapter four. If you remember in chapter four, there was a door opened and John was caught up to heaven. And I mentioned last week that it's a picture of the rapture of the church when the church is caught up to heaven to be with Jesus Christ forever and ever. And remember, too, that John is caught up to heaven after the church age and before the tribulation begins, after chapters 2 and 3 and before chapter 6. We see John in chapter 4 and 5 in heaven. Before the tribulation begins. And in chapter 4 we saw in heaven that the central feature is the throne of God. The first thing that John saw in heaven was the throne of God and the one who sat upon the throne. And now in chapter 5 it continues. Chapter 5 we are still in heaven. But now the focus of chapter 5 shifts to Jesus Christ and a scroll. Verse 1 says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll, written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. The next thing that John sees as he's there in heaven is a scroll in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, in the right hand of God the Father. You know, it says in the Bible that he upholds you by his right hand. And in that same right hand is a scroll. And John tells us that this scroll had writing on both the inside and on the back side or the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals, meaning wax seals, sealing it closed. What John saw in the right hand of God is uh, unfamiliar to us. We read that and, and maybe you think, what in the world is this talking about? What is this describing? What is this scroll and the seven seals and it's written on the inside and on the outside? Well, if it said here, a little plastic card with a 12-digit number on the front and an expiration date and a little word visa in the bottom right-hand corner and on the back was the signature of a name above all names and a little three-digit number, you would say, hey, he's holding a credit card. 
God is sitting on his throne with a credit card, a Visa card, in his right hand. You would know exactly what it is. But if I gave that same description to somebody reading this a thousand years ago, they would be puzzled. What's plastic? What's that little three-digit number on the back of the card? I don't know what that is today, and I have one, but it's there. My point is you have to understand what is written here in its, in its context. John says in verse 1, you know, he describes this scroll, and it's written inside and on the back, and it's sealed with seven seals. And what John writes here sounds very strange and unfamiliar to us, but it wasn't unfamiliar to those that this was written to living in the first century. It wasn't something mysterious to them. It was something very familiar to them. In fact, a scroll written inside and on the back with seven seals was very familiar to those living back in John's day. They knew exactly what he was describing here. So what is this scroll? Well, I can tell you that everything else we're going to read in the book of Revelation is in that scroll. As that scroll is opened, the book of Revelation unfolds. All of the succeeding events that will be described that will happen in human history after this, from this point forward, it's all in that scroll. So it's a very important scroll. We're going to see as we go through this that Jesus is going to take that scroll and in chapter 6, he's going to start to open the seals and he's going to open the seals one by one. And as he does, these different judgments are going to come upon the earth. He's going to open the seventh seal. That's going to introduce seven trumpet judgments. He's going to go through those seven trumpet judgments. When he gets to the seventh trumpet judgment, that's going to introduce seven bowl judgments. And those are going to unfold one by one. And there's just going to be this unfolding or sequence of events that unfold throughout the book of Revelation, throughout human history, until Jesus Christ returns and establishes a new heaven and a new earth, and we all live happily ever after. It's all in the scroll. All of the future is found in that scroll. So what is that scroll? Well, to understand what this scroll is, you have to really go back to the Old Testament. If you go back to Leviticus 25, don't turn there, tells us, and gives us a clue to this scroll. I'll just explain it to you. Uh, you have what is called the law of redemption. And the law of redemption stated that if anyone fell into debt and was unable to pay his debt, he became a slave to the one to whom he owed the debt. So if you owed somebody money, you couldn't pay them back, you became a slave to that person and you served them as, you, as their slave until you paid back all the money. You know, today you would take out a loan, or you refinance your home, or you declare bankruptcy. Back then, you were required just to become a slave to that person. And you served that person as their slave until you paid back the debt that you owed. However, the person could be redeemed from their slavery by a redeemer. The Hebrew word is goel, by a goel. A redeemer was someone who paid someone else's debt. They paid whatever that person owed, whatever their debt was, to get them out of that situation and to set them free from their slavery. They were a redeemer. Or if you fell into debt and you had to sell your property to pay off your debt. Again, Leviticus 25 The law had a provision 
that the land could be redeemed by a redeemer. If you had to sell your property to pay off a debt and you lost your house, you lost your land, that land could be redeemed. It could be purchased back. Someone could buy the land back by paying the price of redemption. They could pay off the debt for you and the land was returned back to you. It was a requirement of the law. So this is the law of redemption. There are three things that can be redeemed under the law of redemption that you see in the scriptures. A slave, Leviticus 25. Land can be redeemed, Leviticus 25. And a wife, Deuteronomy chapter 5. You also see an example of that in Hosea. Hosea is told to go redeem his wife, purchase her back. And so you have these three things that can be redeemed. And to give you some examples of redemption and this idea of the law of redemption, you can read the book of Ruth and you see Ruth and her land is redeemed by Boaz. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, the Redeemer, the Goel, had to meet three criteria or three conditions under the law to be a Redeemer. Again, this is in Leviticus 25. To be a Redeemer must be a near relative to the one who needs redemption. So it can't be just anyone that pays your debt. It has to be someone who is related to you. Uh, This is where we get the term kinsman redeemer. They have to be kin. Number two, they must be willing to act as your redeemer. And number three, they must be able to pay the price of redemption. Give me your attention. Someone in need of redemption or someone who has been redeemed, that means that they got themselves in a situation that they couldn't get themselves out of. They didn't have the means or the ability to get themselves unstuck on their own. They were in such a bad way that they needed a family member to come and pay their debt for them to redeem them and get them out of the situation they were in. They needed a family member to step in for them and pay their debt and bail them out of the trouble that they got themselves in for whatever reason. Now, the Bible talks about redemption a lot. And it talks about God being our Redeemer. And it talks about Jesus being our Redeemer. And it talks about us being redeemed. Us having redemption. We sing about our redemption. We sing about being redeemed. And it talks about that over and over and over. And it's referring to this law of redemption. Psalm 111 verse 9 says, He has sent redemption to His people. Psalm 130 verses 7 and 8 With him is abundant redemption. 
He shall redeem Israel from all her iniquities. In the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Titus chapter 2, verse 14, Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Isaiah, over and over, the Lord describes himself as your redeemer. Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Uh, In the New Testament, again, in the Gospels, when we read that Jesus gave his life as a ransom for many, that he gave his life as a ransom for us, that means he paid the price of redemption for all of us. In other words, we got ourselves into a jam that we couldn't get ourselves out of. In the Psalms, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, right? I'm redeemed. But really, what we're also saying when we talk about our redemption in Christ or that I'm redeemed by Christ or that Jesus Christ is my redeemer, we're also admitting and confessing, I got myself in such a bad jam, I couldn't get myself out of it. And I needed a kinsman redeemer to bail me out, to get me out of the the thing that I got myself stuck in because I couldn't get out of it. See, we all have a debt of sin that we couldn't pay, that we could never pay. And Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer, he stepped in on our behalf and he paid our debt for us on that cross. He paid the penalty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And Jesus died for us. He paid the penalty for us. He paid our debt. And we have redemption, the Bible says, through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. He paid it for us. In Romans chapter 6, it says that we were slaves to sin. Sold into slavery. And now we are set free from our sin through Jesus Christ. He paid that price of redemption on the cross. For us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23, it says, You were bought for a price. Our kinsman redeemer, Jesus Christ, came along and he paid the price for us, the price of redemption, to get us out of the slavery that we were in, to set us free, because we, we couldn't we couldn't pay it ourselves. We're redeemed by Jesus Christ. If someone had to forfeit their land because of their debt. They would go to the judges of the city, the leaders of the city, and a document would be drafted. And that document would state uh, that the property was forfeited by the debtor to the one to whom the debt was owed. And that that document would include a redemption clause so that the forfeited property could be redeemed back. And so that document had a redemption clause, and that document was, in a sense, it was like the the title deed to that property. And then that document would be rolled up, and it would be sealed with seven seals. Uh, And that document would be held by the leaders of the city, kept, you know, so to speak. And on the outside of that scroll or that deed were written the terms of the redemption. And so all of the, the criteria, the price, the terms, if you will, for the redemption were laid out there on the outside of that scroll of that document. 
and a kinsman redeemer could come along and pay that price, and then the property would be returned back to the person who forfeited it. Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 6 to 12, gives us an example of property being redeemed and describes the sealed scroll, the sealed deed that was used for the land. And so what is this scroll that's in the right hand of God? It's the title deed to the earth. Originally, the earth belonged to God. He created it, and then he gave it to Adam, told Adam to have dominion over the earth, to subdue it, it says in Genesis, to to take charge of it is the idea. But then Adam sinned in Genesis chapter 1, and he forfeited his dominion over the earth. He defaulted, so he lost dominion. And so the scroll is now in the right hand of God because Adam, the first man, forfeited it by his sin. Look at verse 1 again. I want you to note with me that this scroll, this deed to the earth, that it is in the right hand of God. God is holding the title deed to the earth, not Satan. The world does not belong to Satan. I know the, you know, the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world, but Satan has usurped the power. He has taken the authority in this world, but he doesn't, he doesn't have a legal right. He doesn't have a legal claim to this world. He's more of like a squatter in this world. The legal right belongs to God. It's his. In Revelation chapter 5, this is what it's all about right here. So if you've been asleep, wake up. Revelation chapter 5 depicts for us Jesus, the kinsman redeemer of mankind, Jesus redeeming the earth. I mentioned earlier that in the scriptures, three things are redeemed, a slave, a wife, and the land. Jesus has already redeemed us from our slavery. In chapter 4, he called the church up to heaven to be with him. He's already redeemed a bride for himself, the church. And now in chapter 5, he's redeeming the land. It's a complete redemption. He's redeeming the world, beginning in chapter 5 and unfolding all the way to chapter 19 when he returns in glory and power to his land, that he is the rightful heir of, that he is the kinsman redeemer of, that he has the claim to because he meets the criteria and he's the only one who meets the criteria. And so God has this scroll in his right hand and it's the deed to the earth and Jesus Christ is going to redeem it back. He's going to pay the price of redemption. He has paid the price of redemption, and he's going to claim and redeem it. You know, in Romans chapter 8, it says that all of creation groans under the curse of sin. All of creation is affected by sin. It wasn't just mankind that was affected by the fall of Adam. All of creation. The Bible says that when Adam sinned, sin entered the world and death through his sin and death has spread through all of creation and affected all of creation. And now in chapter five of Revelation, Jesus steps forward to redeem the earth. Look at verse two. Then I saw a strong angel. So this is a strong angel. It's not a weak angel. (laughs) It's not a wimpy angel. When you get to heaven and you see this super buff muscular, ripped angel coming back from the gym. You can say, hey, are you you by chance the strong angel from Revelation chapter 5? Yeah, how could you tell? You know, right? 
So he's a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. He's strong and loud. Look what he proclaims. Who is worthy to open the scroll? He asked me how I You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible, Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.